Welcome in to the For the Throne Dynasty podcast. With your defending champion, Stirk Daddy, runner up, Cascade Bear, third place, Amelia Clark Fan, D. Sladkey, Bucks and Six, Justin STP6, Lefty79, Andy Pollock, Little Slads, Prince Palmer17, Spaceballs the FFT, and WGL1035. Welcome into the For the Throne Dynasty podcast. It is officially week 14. The end of the season is here. We're going to be going into the playoffs next week. So this episode, we're going to be breaking down week 13 of the For the Throne. We're going to talk a little bit about clinching scenarios. And then also we are going to preview week 14 in the super matchup. Justin, how are you feeling going into week 14? Well, my team's not looking great with buys and injuries right now. If we all got to be starting, but it, it'll be a tight one to see who's in the playoffs. I feel like the only one that could realistically make it would be who? Danny? That's on the outside right I think, now. I think so, yeah. We already have three teams that are clinched. Andy has so many points, I feel like she's already clinched, basically. And who do you play this week? Who's your opponent? I Spaceballs. I believe I play Spaceballs, yeah. And you currently have a cushion on him by, looks like, 160 points. So the only way that he could bounce you because he's currently a game back would be scoring 160 more than you. But then you have, you're facing a deficit by 110 on Jake. 94 on Andy and 30 on Will. So realistically, you could jump over the top of Will. Mm, with my roster this week, uh, the win is not looking so great. <laughs> so do you think you would realistically be a, a what, an, a six seed? Probably. You So you have a 34-point cushion on Danny. So he, that's the realest possibility for you to miss. Would be he wins you lose, and then he jumps you by 34 points. Well. So if you win, you're in, though. Don't want that to happen. Who are your running nice. backs this week? <laughs> uh, hopefully, Darrell Anderson. If not, Gio Bernard and Andrew Walter. <laughs> Uh-oh. Like I said, bye weeks and injuries have killed me. Don't get Jonathan Taylor in the last matchup going into the playoffs, which is I feel like half we my team. We should have started playoffs this week so you would have had him on bye. We just would have done the sarcastic ball thing then. Yeah. I've been okay. With that. He had a pretty good. He's got a pretty good average. 
All right, so let's talk first about the Gulag. And I'm going to hit this sound clip right now. Take part in that. I'll be able to fight anybody who bothers me. Or you. When we get married, you can tell me if you don't like somebody, and then we can bring them back here and whoosh, right through the moon door. All right, so if we take a look at some of the wa waivers, first of all, to begin with, it started by your wife, Sam, getting eliminated, along with Andy. So, unfortunately, we're not going to have any females in the final six for the Gulag. How did Sam feel about this week? Uh, Monday night, she was ex very upset. And she told me, she's like, I'm not, I'm a sore loser, I know. And she told me she was done watching football. She's done, done with everything with football. Uh, that uh, I was finally getting into football and I was really excited about my team. And now this happened. And then Tuesday morning, she was like, well, that sucked. But then that's pretty much all I heard from it since. But Monday yeah. night, she was really, really pissed. Yeah, it's really unfortunate because I thought she was going to make a deep run into it um but do you honestly think she's gonna come back next year or you think she's done oh she's coming back <laughs> <laughs> so if we take a look at who the final six is for the gulag this is the last week of two eliminations we have nate shuby we have billy bucks in 2021 2021 we have joe JB3 Bronco, UWW. We have Major Use. We have Prince Palmer. And we have January, I mean, uh, Vince Roy. So we have final six. And again, this is the last week of two eliminations. The person that takes fifth place will be making $20. So they'll be making their money back. And then everybody that makes it past this week will automatically win money. So that's good for them. Let's take a look at some of the waivers. So to begin with, we had Ryan picking up Cooper Cup with $15. Ryan had a lot of money left. Uh, he had the most money left. Uh, we had Shuby picking up Jamar Chase for $5. We had Joe picking up Scordero Patterson for $5. Joe also picked up James Conner for $4. Joe also picked up Mark Andrews for $2. And then we had Billy picking up Jonathan Taylor for only $1 because he was on buy. And I guess no one else wanted to bid on him. So that was pretty much a steal for him. Now, anytime you can get um, the, the, a top five rusher for $1, even if he's on buy, you have to do it. That was, wow. I was just shocked at the, the price tag. But then I'm looking at these waiver budgets, and Joe has $23 left. Ryan has 16 Shuby has two, Billy has one, and everybody else is zero. So I guess that makes more sense. The the prices at this point, your team is pretty much stacked no matter what you do. Yeah. So I just saw, I'm looking at who has players in tonight's matchup. It looks like Billy has three players, Najee Harris, Deontay Johnson, and Greg Joseph. Uh, Vince has no one. Greg uh, Joseph already missed the field goal. Yeah, so that's a negative one point. Uh, Joe has Dalvin Cook. Shuby has Chris Boswell, the kicker on the Steelers. Uh, Eric has 
Justin Jefferson, and then Ryan has Pat Fryermuth. So there's a lot of people in this matchup uh, with Gulag implications. Let's move on over to the For the Throne waivers. And there were some big money dropped in week 14's waivers, that's for sure. Starting at the top, Jake picked up Amir Abdullah for $42. What? Why did he do this? <laughs> uh, your guess is as good as mine. <laughs> the greens must have got to him. I don't understand uh, that. I don't understand $42 on him at all. I don't either. Um, I don't know who was rushing to try to go get him. It uh, looks like this is the very first time he's been added to any of our rosters. How many bids so are you I mean, on him? Are you looking right now? Nothing. Holy shit. $42 on him? <laughs> For a wow. guy that no one else put a bid on. And, I mean, he passes, catches, he catches passes. However, isn't it going to be Chuba Hubbard the rest of the year? Chuba, but I think so. Actually, Chuba, who's he? Chuba. Um, he still has $172 left, and this is after he spent 102 Yeah, he spent $102 in waivers and three guys, and he still has $172 <laughs> left. I don't know if he knows, <laughs> but you do carry over. 70, I think 75%. I think he uh, was either unsure or just wanted to go be a big spender this week for the greens we're talking. The second pickup he had was J.C. Jackson, who went for $36. Sterk dropped him, then put a bid in for $0 to try to get him back. After Jake's $36 bid, Tyler put in 5 uh, I don't know if I'm okay with $36, but he absolutely should have been a guy that was picked up. I'll be honest, I completely forgot to even look at waivers this week. Um, I guess I did early because we'll get to my situation. But yeah, J.C. Jackson absolutely should have been a guy that was picked up. So uh, Jake got a steal for overpaying him by $31. Yep. Uh, and then Jake also <laughs> dropped $24 on Jamichael Hasty. Now, there is a chance that Jermichael Hasty is the starting running back this week because Mitchell is hurt again, and he has Mitchell, so I think he's trying to give himself just some insurance. But again, $24 proved to be way too expensive because he could have literally bid $0. Yeah, I think the, the $102 that he spent was burning a hole in his pocket, so he had to make it happen. And then you put $7 down on the Saints tight end Juwan Johnson I don't know why you cut Marquise Goodman. Goodwin. He was uh, pretty productive for your team. Uh, no, I'm so happy to get rid of fuck you. Uh, <laughs> but uh, because of my tight end situation with uh, Goose Egg is sick on bye um, and Logan Thomas and Max Williams on IR, um, I needed a tight end this week. So I went and put up. Uh, $7 for Jawan Johnson. I actually did that on like Sunday, realizing that I wasn't going to have a tight end. And that was the only time I ever checked waivers. So, got my guy, which I'm happy about. Wow. Yeah. Two missed field goals already in this first quarter. What a game. <laughs> so, then also, another 
situation where someone drops a player and then picks them back up. Will cuts Denzel Mims and then picks him up immediately after and drops seven dollars a fab. No one else bid on him. Oh, I put it down down wrong six. But yes, um, I don't understand that one. Um, if you were gonna cut him, okay, but then waste seven dollars on a to get him back. I don't know. It doesn't make any sense to me. I will be honest. Today I was searching a little bit, and I, I was like, you know what? I had a free roster spot. I'm gonna pick up Denzel Mims, and then I saw that he picked him back up. I'm like, what? <laughs> I mean, it's not a bad flyer at this point. Like, maybe next year is his year. You never know. But it's just weird that he dropped him, and then, like, not even a week later, he picks him up and wastes Fab to do it. Next, we had uh, D. Slagkey picking up Brandon McManus for $5. So he's getting the Broncos kicker. We had Lefty picking up uh, the guy that I've actually picked him up in Gruber Bowl, and he's a stud. This Kamu Gruger Hill. I don't know anything about him, but I just see that he scored at double digits in four straight games, including two games of over 20. He's a linebacker for the uh, Houston Texans, and Tyler got him for four bucks. I don't know if you saw that. I did. I didn't know anything about him. He's had a franchise record for the Texans with 10 tackles. <laughs> And then, uh, so then Tyler also picked up T.Y. Hilton. He got $4. Jake dropped him. He was. Oh, wait, hold on, hold on. He had 19 tackles. Come on. He had 10 points for tackles, and each one was. I see that right now. 19 tackles. (laughs) And a sack. Okay. That's a good pickup. I didn't know who the hell he was, so I didn't even put him in the list of. Free agents, you know, looking through the waivers. Uh, Tyler wins a tiebreaker with Ryan and gets Jalen Guyton for $2, who could very well be the wide receiver one for the Chargers, uh, knowing that Mike Williams and Keenan Allen both are on the COVID list. And then, additionally, Randy picked up Cardale Jones, who I don't even think he's in the league anymore. He hasn't been in the league in two years. <laughs> Wasn't he in the... Uh, isn't he in the AFL or whatever the hell it was called? AAF? No, what is it called? XFL? Uh, one of the one of those acronyms, yeah. Um, yeah, the Seahawks cut Cardell Jones from the practice squad two years ago. And then Randy put his tweet about how he was beating some dude in, um, uh, that, or some guy, that kid that was in a hospital. And, yeah, it was uh, a Make-A-Wish kid. Yeah. So... Okay, sure. Oh, shit, Delvin. All right. So let's get into some football cookies. Cookie! All right. Walk me through the week 13 cookies. Uh, we were kind of middle of the road this week. Um, we had a couple pretty great performances and a couple <laughs> just average cookie weeks um, for some other spots. Uh, we had, I'm pretty sure we had our top tight end score of the year, which we will get to. Uh, this week we saw Little Slads, Andy, Jake, and Will all with two. Spaceballs, Randy, Danny, Lefty, and Ryan all had one. You and I were cookie-less. And Sterk, the leader. 
Um, at QB, Tom Brady for little slides with 36.62 points. Would have been more if he didn't throw that pick six to the 350-pound lineman in the Falcons. Um, running back one this week with Melvin Gordon out. Javante Williams gets his first career cookie for Andy with 29.8 points. Right behind him was uh, David Montgomery for Jake with 28.6. What did Big Cat and PFT talk about him last year? It was like the the run of the year or the the greatest run of all time against the Packers with like a 50-yard run that he had. (laughs) Um, Then we had uh, Andy also get wide receiver one who's playing in tonight's game and already has a couple catches. Justin Jefferson with 35.6 points. In the loss to the Lions. Chris Godwin for Will had 30.2. Then we had I'm pretty what I'm pretty sure is our top tight end score of the year with George Kittle for Spaceballs at 39.6. Okay, Andy will be happy about that one. Um then on the flex spots, T. Higgins for Little Slads with 28.8 points. Uh, a second tight end flex. It's the first time all year we've had two different tight ends in this. Dallas Goddard for Randy with 28 and a half points. At the kicker spot, we had Jake Elliott from Philly for Danny with 17. Nick Bosa for Will with 14. Jordan Hicks for Lefty with 22. Kenny Moore. For Ryan with his first cookie of the year at 18 and a half. And Minka Fitzpatrick for Jake with 17. Hey, Kenny Moore is a Hard Knocks legend right now. Have you been watching Hard Knocks midseason? No, I haven't. Yeah, he's the uh, he's been the focus point of their defense uh, in the uh, focus point of the defense in Hard Knocks. Oh, okay. You might have to watch it. It's actually pretty good. Is it okay? Then I might, uh, I might get give it a. You only give three it a close behind. Um, I mean, basketball season ends Monday, so I'll actually have more time again. There you go. Um, and then if you look at the player totals, Josh Allen continues to have four cookies and is the leader, but Lamar Jackson, Pat Patrick, Mahomes. And um, Tom Brady all have two. Tom Brady has one for Will and one for Spaceballs, what I thought was kind of interesting. At the running back spots, Christian McCaffrey wait, and wait, wait. Dirk. You mean, you mean one for Little Slads? Yep. Did I say Spaceballs? I yeah. did. And you put it in the. Uh, I put it in the document wrong. So one for Will and one for uh, Little Slads. Uh, the top two running backs continue to be people that are. Potentially out for the year. Christian McCaffrey with four cookies for Danny and Derek Henry with three for little slads. Uh, but then also Austin Eckler for Stirk, Jonathan Taylor for myself, and Joe Mixon for both Jake and Stirk all have three. Um, wide receivers, Cooper Cup and Tyreek Hill are tied the top for Andy and Stirk with four. Debo Samuel for Jake, Devontae Adams for myself, Justin Jefferson for Andy all have three. Plenty others have two or one. The tight end spot, Kelsey or Travis Kels, sorry, uh, for Danny still has four with Mark Andrews for Jake and Kittle for Spaceballs with two. Kickers, Nick Folk, 
Chris Boswell and Daniel Carlson are in a three-way tie with two. Uh, defensive linemen Harold Landry and Nick Bosa after this week's cookie have two. Uh, linebackers TJ Swatts, or sorry, Watts in your wallet, uh, still has five with Rokon Smith for Danny, Darius Leonard for Randy with three. And defensive backs Kevin Byer continues to lead the way with four for Little Slads with Trayvon Diggs and Spaceballs in second. We go over to the team total. Um, Sterk continues to be on the top with 28 cookies, which is insane. But I guess when you have an undefeated team, you're going to have a lot of really freaking good players. Um, in second is Team D. Slacky with 18. And a tie for third is Team Pollock and Outdoor Furnishings with 17. In a tie for fifth, we have Backflips for Tua, Team Little Slads, and Rockies COVID Toe. In eighth, with, uh, sorry, with 13 cookies. In eighth, we have Ryan and Randy with 11. Then in 10th and 11th, we have a tie with nine cookies. Houstonsford sucks and space falls the FFT. And then we have All Elite Fantasy with only six cookies. Uh, 346.22 is a, the sixth highest score of the year. Um, we are almost 56 off of the highest but only about 30 off of the lowest. So right, kind of right in the middle. And that was all of the football cookies from this week. All right, so if we take a look at the, the last dance basketball cookies, this week we were actually the second worst week of the season. We had 436 points as a cookie store, score, with our highest score being 463. So that's about 27 points behind our high. You look at the eight cookie winners this week. It starts at the top with Tyler, who actually had four out of our eight cookies this week, which is insane. He had 52.25 out of Malcolm Brogdon, who gets his first cookie. Speaking of Tyler, he has James Harden, who gets his third cookie with 57 points. Ryan finally gets back on the board with a cookie, and it is in the way of Brandon Ingram who gets his first of the year, who nearly brought him back to beat me uh, in the last dance. He ended up only losing to me by, what, four? Uh, and he gets 58.75. Then we have Jake, who had Giannis receiving his fifth cookie of the year out of um, seven weeks. It's only two. He has not gotten one. He scored 61.75. Uh, next, we had myself with Rudy Gobert. With Rudy Gobert now has three cookies. He scored 51.75. Tyler again with Miles Bridges, the guy that the Hornets guy goes crazy about. Scores 52 for Tyler, another cookie. Zach Levine gets 51.5 from Andy. And then finally, we got John Collins, who is also a player for Tyler, who scores 51 points. And Tyler, again, scores four points or uh, four cookies this year. At the top for our player cookies, we have Giannis with five. And then tied for second, we have Nikola Jokic, Jonas Valanciunas, James Harden, and Rudy Gobert, each with three. And then tied with three, we, or with two, we have Paul George, Miles Turner, 
Carl Anthony Towns, John Morant, Steph Curry, Anthony Davis, and LeBron James. Look at the team totals. It's at the top. We have Tyler after his large week with 13. We have Eric in second with nine. We have Cascade in third with eight. We have Justin in fourth with seven. And then tied for fifth is myself and Will with six. Andy is in seventh with four. And then Ryan's in the back with two. So if you look at the standings through week seven, it's a 17-week season. Currently in the playoffs would be Tyler, who is still 7-0, and number one. And then two would be Eric at 5-2. and two. Three would be Andy at 4-3 and three, and myself in fourth at 4-3. Four and three. Out of the playoffs, or sorry, fifth, I forgot, it's five teams. Fifth would be Will at 3-4. and four, And then out would be Justin at 3-4, and four, Jake at 2-5, and five, and then Ryan at 0-7. You got to get back into it, Justin. Yeah, uh, my team's not been playing the greatest. Two-game also, losing streak also and projected to lose again. So Very injured, right? As always. As always. Hopefully they can get Lillard back this week, but it's not looking that way yet. Okay, so let's take a look at the four of the throne. We're going to first go through week 13. We're going to go through week 14, and we're going to wrap up by just talking about different scenarios that are in place entering this week, and that's it. So let's go back to week 13, starting at the top with myself versus Little Slads, and I ended up losing this matchup by uh, 47 points, 120.8 to 167.4. The very nice guy, Andy Dalton, scored 17.2 for me, even with four picks. So if you factor out the four picks, he would have scored 25. Kind of weird. Michael Pittman scored 17 for me. I don't really have anybody else of note. On Little Slides aside, he had 36 from Tom Brady. Kind of sucks that it was a wasted year for him to go and trade for Tom Brady since Little Slides will not be making the playoffs. Josh Jacobs with 24. Damian Harris with 17, T. Higgins with 28, and Matt Gay with 15, and everybody else kind of standard. So I moved to 3-10 and 10 and back to last place. Little Slads moves to 5-8, and eight, and he is in ninth. Second matchup was between Lefty and Justin, and Justin won this matchup by about 5 points, 4.8 to be exact. <laughs> On Tyler's side, he had 22.78, from Gardner, and th didn't this matchup come right down to the end? Uh, on the end of Sunday Night Football, you under you were texting me like five uh, times. The, Raven, the Ravens game is the one that came that that it came down to Spaceballs matchup, I think. I mean, no, maybe not because Andy was already blowing on at that point. Maybe that was the week before. I might be confused. Anyways, Tyler gets twenty two point seven from Gardner Minshew and seventeen from Miles Sanders. 18 from Jalen Waddell, 20 from CeeDee Lamb, and 21.8 from Rob Gronkowski. Uh, yeah, Rob Gronkowski. Um, he should the $94 man. Yes, and he's been worth it. He's been worth a lot of money. Oh, I agree, but I, I still think he should be named the $94 man. And then finally we had Jordan Hicks, who was 22 points, two sacks and 13 tackles. On your side, you had... Tyler Murray with 34.8, and then Jonathan Taylor, 
yikes to Gio Bernard, who only scored two points. They didn't really have any other options. RB1 this week. (laughs) 11.6 from Mike Kosicki and 13.8 in Logan Thomas's probably swan song. I'm assuming he might not be back by the time playoffs ends. And then Devontae Parker, 11.2. Aaron Donald with 13. Bobby Wagner with 16 and a half. And then CJ Mosley with 11. You moved to 7 and 6, and currently you are the 6th seed. Tyler moves to 3 and 10. He's currently in 11th. Then we had D. Slackey versus Will. And D. Slackey lost this matchup in a must-win game. 135.6 to 152.9. So he lost by about 16. On his side, another disappointing game for Patrick Mahomes, who only scored 12 and a half. 19 from James Conner and 16.9 from Mike Davis came out of nowhere. 16 from Van Jefferson, who's actually been really, really good. He has eight or he has seven targets in five of his last six games. That's kind of crazy. Taking on the Robert Wood, Woods role. Oh my God, Justin Jefferson. And then also he had 19 from Hunter Renfro and 17 from his kicker, Jake Elliott. On Will's side, he only had 13 from Dak Prescott and still somehow won. 22 from Antonio Gibson. Oh, and by the way, on his bench, 32 from Justin Herbert. He had 22 from Antonio Gibson, only two and a half gross from James Robinson. He's kind of, he might have been a little bit of a mirage, I feel like. The fact that they spent a first-round pick on ETN, I feel like they're either going to trade him or he's going to go to a backup role, would you assume, for the Jags? For next year? Because he was on draft, yeah. so they don't have much draft capital on him. I mean, I really like James Robinson, but I thought that was going to happen this year, but then ETM's injury allowed him to have a zero look at you. And he has yeah, it's really good, but the Jags don't know what the fuck they're doing. Yeah. Dalvin, Jesus. He also got 30.5 from Deontay Johnson, who's currently in this game. He had 30.2 from Chris Godwin, 15.9 from TJ Hawkinson, and then one point from Adam Thielen, who is now going to be out for a bit. He also had zero from Jacoby Myers in that horrendous Monday night game. So he did have some pretty questions. Like, he literally had 3.5 points from James Robinson, Adam Thielen, and Jacoby Myers and still won the matchup. D. Sladke has to be embarrassed. Thank you, Will. Oh, and one point from Joey Bosa, that too. 14 from Nick Bosa, 10.5 from Antoine Winfield Jr. So Will moves to 7-6, and six, and he's currently in 5th. D. Sladke moves to 6-7, six and seven, and he's currently in 7th, chasing the playoffs. <laughs> I feel like Will and Andy are pretty much in. I feel like D. Slacky, the only person he can really catch would be you, just by looking at the points. But we can talk about that in a bit. I might be wrong on that. Next matchup was between Cascade Bear and Randy. Cascade Bear won this matchup by 8.3 points, 157.9 to 149.6. On Jake's side, he had David Montgomery with 28.6, Keenan Allen with 22.4 before getting COVID, 17.4 from Elijah Mitchell, 11 from DK Metcalf. He also had 10 from Greg Joseph, who currently has zero in today's matchup. Michael Parsons has t- had 10. Minka Fitzpatrick had 17. 
On Randy's side, he had 24.2 from Kirk Cousins, 21.4 from Alexander Madison, 16.9 from Mike Evans, 28.5 monster game by Dallas Goddard. Should have been a cookie, but obviously George Kittle said nope. Uh, he was. Oh, flex cookie. I forgot about that. And then Josh Allen with one. Yikes. Deion Jones had 11. And Randy moves to 9-4. and four. He's currently in second, but he's in danger of losing that bye to Cascade. If he loses and Cascade wins, Cascade gets the bye. Cascade is currently 8-5, and five and he's the three seed. If Cascade loses, though, he could still potentially be jumped by Andy. <laughs> the fifth matchup was between Andy and Spaceballs. Andy won this matchup 204.4 to 142.9. That's about a 52-point victory. Andy got 30 from Matthew Stafford, 29.8 from Javante Williams, and 22.2 from Leonard Fournette. She also had 19.8 from Tyler Lockett, 35.6 from Justin Jefferson, 26.9 from Cooper Cup. She got zero from Boston Scott in the flex, and it didn't even matter. On Spaceball's side, he only got 5.4 from Mike Glennon, 15.7 from Najee Harris, 15.4 from Tony Pollard. He started both Cowboys running backs. 39.6 from George Kittle, 3.6 from Mark Ingram, 6.7 from Zeke. He also had Denzel Perryman with 12. Currently, Andy is 7-6. and six. She's the 4 seed. Does have potential to move the 3 or 5, depending on if she wins her matchup. And then Spaceballs is currently 6-7 and seven and in 8th place. He's on the outside looking in. The final matchup was between Prince Palmer and Stirk Daddy. Stirk Daddy continues to become undefeated. He is 13-0 after a 123-90 victory. So a 33-point victory. And he still didn't even score that much. On Ryan's side, he had 19.6 from Leonard uh, for Lamar Jackson, 1.8 from Kenyon Drake, and 0 from Tony Jones, 0.3 from Kendrick Bourne, 2 from Cole Beasley, 11 from Jamar Chase. Good God, these are just disgusting scores. 18.5 from Kenny Moore. On Spaceballs, or on Sturk's daddy's side, he had 13.7 from Josh Allen, 17.4 from Austin Eckler and 12.6 from Cordero, 14.6 from Michael Gallup, only 0.7 from Gerald Everett, who fumbled literally two times. So he caught the ball four times and fumbled twice. He had 5.2 from Tyreek Hill, gross, and 13.4 from Saquon Barkley, 10.5 from Xavier Howard. Sturk has already locked up the number one seed. Ryan will not be making the playoffs. He's currently in 10th place. So looking at standings, oh my gosh, come on, Jefferson. Looking at standings entering week 14, we have Stirk Daddy at 13-0, who's already clinched the one. We have Randy at 9-4, who's already clinched the playoffs. And third, we have Cascade at 8-5, clinched the playoffs. Fourth is Andy at 7-6. Fifth is Will at 7-6. Justin in sixth at seven and six, and then D Slads in seventh, six and seven, Spaceballs in eighth, six and seven, and then out of the playoffs we have ninth Little Slads at five and eight, ten Ryan at four and nine, eleven Lefty at three and ten, and then myself in twelfth at three and ten. So I'm gonna throw it over to Justin to preview week fourteen. 
Pearson's rallying the troops. And Minnesota could be up 21 nothing right now. Yep. Only up yeah. nine. It may come back to bite them yet. All right. We look at the matchups this week. We'll start with uh, the sixth seed versus the eighth seed. And myself, um, Fall Rivers are fuckboys. Not this word sucks, according to the document. You have to fix that one. Um, versus Spaceballs, the FFT. As I said before, um, my running backs are gross this week because Darnell Anderson is playing Monday night, and it's questionable whether he's playing or not. And otherwise, Gio Bernard is my RB1. So right now I have Kyler Murray's QB, obviously, and then hopefully Darnell Anderson or Daryl Henderson. But if not, it's going to have to be Andrew Walter and Gio Bernard. At wide receivers, I have Amari Cooper, Brandon Cooks. Hopefully the Texans have more than 50 yards passing this week. Um, Jawan Johnson, who I just picked up because I needed a tight end for the week. Christian Kirk and my flex and Devonta Adams and um, other receiver spot who was all of a sudden questionable, but he'll play good. Um, and then for space balls, he'll have SB the book club um, at QB. He has King Rolland. That'll be interesting having Rogers on his team and Adams and mine. Uh, King Rowland is playing right now and only has 0.4 through the first quarter, which is I'm okay with. Um, uh, Ezekiel Elliott at the other running back spot. Then he has in wide receiver Eagle 5 and SB the flamethrower. Cookie winner Yogurt. Um, COVID candidate Mel, uh, Mark Ingram. Um, and Marquez Valdez Scantling at the other flex spot. Spaceballs is currently projected to beat me by about four points, but he also has COVID candidate um, Mark Ingram on his starting roster right now, which doesn't look like he's going to be playing. So he'll have to make some changes. If that helped, we both would be seven and seven, but the points um, we'd need, we need a whiteboard with Steve Kornacki drawing it all up and going crazy, trying to figure out all the different scenarios for us. Second matchup. Looks like to be a real barn burner. We got the number five seed, Will, in Rocky's COVID toe, versus the number 12 seed, my podcast host, All Elite Fantasy. All Elite Fantasy will be starting Ryan Tannehill, then um, Clyde Edwards Hilaire and Brody Lee RIP. Uh, okay, that's David Johnson. I couldn't remember who, which D. Johnson that was. Uh, Chase Claypool, who has already fumbled. Oh, but it was overturned, so you don't argue not negative points for it already. Uh, Darby Allen, or Darnell Mooney. Then Jungle Boy Pat Fryermuth, who has not done anything yet. Jerry Judy, and no offense, so we're double starting tight ends. Uh, for Will, he has extra cheesy sausage something, so he is start going with a Herbert. Um, then he's got Antonio Gibson. And Mr. Two Points from last week, James Robinson. We've got Deontay Johnson, who already has a couple catches in this game. Uh, Chris Godwin, TJ Hawkinson at tight end, Elijah Moore, and Tyler Conklin. We're double starting tight ends there, too. I guess it's a double starting tight end matchup. Um, after this matchup, if the production's held, Will would win by 28 points and move to 8-6 and, and be in the playoffs securely. 
All Elite Fantasy would move to 3-11 and and still in the running for that number one overall pick. Moving on to the third matchup, we have even better matchup here. We have the four seed and team Andy Pollock versus a thousand backflips of Lefty. Um, she is currently projected to win by fifty-two points. I, I need a clap, sir. Uh, one eighty-six point seven. Oh, it changed as I said it. One eighty-six point six five to one twenty-four point three four. Um, a thousand backflips is starting Big Ben, who already fumbled. Um, back five forty and back triple full. Uh, I was gonna say his running backs don't look great, but I can't say anything about that this week. Um, he's got Marvin Jones and C.D. Lamb in the wide receiver spots. Uh, Gronk at tight end. Oh, we're double starting tight end. Three three teams in a row double starting tight ends. Uh, and Zach Ertz. And then newly picked up Jalen Guyton, who, like you said, could be the wide receiver one for the Chargers this week. For Andy, she has one half of the breakfast buddy team at QB and Matt Stafford. Um, RB1 from last week, Javante Williams. Leonard, four touchdowns net. I don't know if you heard that conversation about of what Gronk had in a press conference. Yep. <laughs> um, Tyler Lockett, a receiver, Justin Jefferson at receiver, who already has 14 and a half points, and we're 17 minutes into the game. And he could have had a lot more if he caught that crazy one-handed touchdown catch. Um, at tight end, we have Cole Komet. At the flex spot, we have the second half of the Breakfast Buddy team um, in Cooper Cup, also known as Two Girls, One Cup, and DeAndre Hopkins. If this held, Andy would move to 8-6 and six and be in the playoffs. Lefty would move to 3-11 and 11 and be in the running with you for the number one overall pick. Uh, we move on to the fourth matchup of the week. The team D-Sladkey versus the little, the Slad, the Sladkey Bowl. And this one means a lot. Um, right now, Team Little Slads, who is not going to make the playoffs at 5-8, and eight, is projected to beat Team D-Sladkey who has an outside chance at 6 and 7 by 0.38 points. This could be the matchup that we should be looking at this week. For Team D Slatke, he's got Patrick Mahomes at QB, James Conner and Mike Davis at the running back spots, Stefan Diggs and Vanza Maker Dance at wide receiver. He has Travis Kels at tight end. Jarvis Landry, and Hunter Renfro in the flex spots. And he also has Cam Hayward going right now, who doesn't have anything yet. Uh, for Team Little Slads, he's going to have um, QB1 from last week in the um, senior citizen, Tom Brady. Then we have the running back spots. Oh, nice catch, Justin Jefferson. Running back spots, just Josh Jacobs and A.J. Dillon. At wide receiver, he has T. Higgins and Scary Terry. Tight end is Jarek Cook. And the flex spots are Russell Gage and Cortland Sutton. If Team Little Slants beat Team D. Sladkey, we wouldn't have to worry about any kind of crazy seating. I'm pretty sure the playoffs would just be set the way they are. But Team D. Sladkey is in a must-win situation here. 
to the fifth matchup we go, where we see the number three seed, Outdoor Furnishings, projected to win by about 25 over Team Prince Palmer, the number 10 seed, who's not making the playoffs. For Outdoor Furnishings, he'll be starting Bricks, Giant Sombrero and Shades, Ladder Golf Game Set, which was RB2 last week. I like this guy if he plays. And Horseshoe Pit at the wide receiver spot. He's got a lot of questionables. At tight end, he has Squirrel Feeder. At the flex spot, he has the Missile and Cornhole Game Set. And he currently has Minka Fitzpatrick, who's only got a one and a half, and Greg Joseph, who missed the field goal but made an... Oh, wow. Greg Joseph already missed a field goal and an extra point in this game. <laughs> For Ryan, he has Lamar Jackson, Alvin Kamara, and Tony Jones. So we're going double Saints, even though Tony Jones was a healthy scratch last week. Um, at the wide receiver spots, we have David Moore and un- undrafted and unvaccinated. At tight end, um, it's Kyle Pitts. Wide receiver is... Jamar Chase, and Kenny Galladay. This held, Jake would be 9-5, and five, Ryan would be 4-10. and 10. And if we move on to the final matchup, this will be a good one. The number one versus the number two seed in what could be, potentially, um, a championship preview. Sterk versus Randy. Will Sterk get that perfect regular season locked up this week? He is 13 and 0 uh, versus Randy, who is 9 and 4. Sterk is currently projected to beat Randy 189.9 to 162.82, still a 27 point projected victory. For Randy, he'll be starting Broken Pinky, uh, 25 hours a day rehab, Russell Wilson. Uh, then Nick Chubb and Dalvin Cook, who's already had a couple big runs today. Mike Evans and Odell Beckham Jr., who finally doesn't have an injury tag, although I'm sure he probably has six more. At tight end is Dalton Schultz. In the flex spots, he has Kareem Hunt and KJ Osborne, who is currently has 1.8 points um, 20 minutes into the game as Dalvin Cook gallops in for a touchdown. The Vikings are pouring it on. That helps out Randy in this matchup. Oh, he also has Harrison Smith, who had a fumble, um, or forced fumble taken away by review. Man, they have got a lot of guys active tonight. For Stark Daddy, he has the Bill Wrangler at QB, hoping to come off that miserable win performance. Um... Running backs are the X-Factor and cookie winner from two weeks ago, Joe Mixon. He has Scorderell Patterson and Tyreek Hill at the wide receiver spots. Waller, I barely know her as a questionable tight end. Um, And then in the flex spots, he has Saquon and Nick Westbrook-Akine. If this held, Sterk would have his perfect season at 14-0. And Randy's projections just went up to about 170. So it's a little bit closer now after that Dalvin Cook touchdown. But he would be 9 and 5. If that all held, we would have our top six seeds as 
Stark, Randy, Jake, um, Andy, Will, and myself. But there are plenty more scenarios that could happen out, which I'm sure you're eager to talk about. Let's do some Steve Kornackying. <laughs> so here is the situations. First of all, we have the number one seed locked. The number one seed is Stark Daddy. He's 13-0. and 0. He's literally playing for nothing this week. Nothing at all, except pride and an undefeated season. Oh, so they're undefeated season. That's pretty. That's something. Number two, we have Randy. He's currently nine and four. He does play against Stirk Daddy. He's already clinched the playoffs. He needs a win or a Cascade Bear loss for the bye. He plays Stirk. Cascade plays Ryan. If Randy loses the matchup versus Stirk and Cascade beats Prince, Randy will not receive the bye because he is currently down to Jake by over 240 points. In third place, we have Cascade Bear. He's 8-5. and five. He's in a standalone at his record right now, but again, he could vault up to two. He's playing against Ryan. He's already clinched the playoffs. If he loses and Andy wins. Andy could definitely jump over the top of Jake. She's only behind him by 16. Currently, Jake is up on Will by 64 points. That's also something to keep in mind, especially if Jake would lose and Will would win. There's going to be some kind of a, an interesting scenario there to see the seeding and how it works. So again, four right now is Andy. She's playing against Lefty. At 7-6, and six, she's not in the playoffs. She needs the win. Win and in. If she loses, she currently is ahead of Will by 64, Justin by 94, Slacky by 128, and Baseball's by 224. So I think it's pretty safe to say Andy is probably not going to miss the playoffs, no matter what. Will is in an interesting situation because he's playing against me. He is not clinched. If he wins, he is in. However, right now, he is behind Jake by 80. I don't think he's going to jump up there, to be personally honest. 64 is what he's behind to Andy. So, you know, if they both have the same result, he could jump over the top of Andy, potentially. And he currently owns a 30-point advantage on Justin, 64 on Danny, and 160 on Spaceballs. So the ones to keep an eye on are similar results in Andy, Will, Justin, and D-Slads. Yes, there's a lot of numbers and a lot of scenarios involved. Got to keep counting, though. Then we have uh, Justin, who Justin's currently the sixth seed. He is behind Jake by 110. He's not catching Jake, I would assume. He's not catching Andy. He's behind by 94. He could catch Will. He's behind by 30. Justin's also in a win and in. He's ahead of Danny by 33. And Spaceballs by 130. So really, that thing to keep an eye on would be the trio of Will, Justin, and Danny's results. Danny is done as long as the three teams above him win. If all three win, he's out. If any of them lose, it'll be interesting to see if he can jump over the top. Danny does not have an advantage in points on anybody in the playoff hunt except for Spaceballs by 96 points. So it's pretty safe to say Spaceballs, no matter what he does, unfortunately, will not make the playoffs. He needs help 
astronomically. He needs to score like 250 or some shit, which won't happen from the people that he has right now playing. Do you have any questions about the scenarios or what are your thoughts, Justin? Uh, I want that uh, that meme of the guy with all the crunching, all the numbers, with the, the his brain exploding. Um, that that's where I'm at right now with all the numbers. Um, I think it does make sense, though. Um, I'm excited to potentially sneak in as a six seed two years in a row. Hopefully, it's not as close as last year when um, Ryan and I were battling it, which would be insane again. Um, we'll have to see where the toilet bowl ends up. There's a lot at stake this week in fantasy, so we'll be we'll be keeping a pretty close eye on it. You had to predict your if you just kind of do you think you're gonna make the playoffs? As of right now, yes. Although my team is not looking great this week. Um and I've gone back and forth a few times over this. If uh, I I have to worry about Danny because if Danny wins, then I have to start getting nervous because I'm not going to have that great of players this week. And if Danny loses, I'm I'm set. Yep. If Danny loses, that that's what the the major the major image is about, or the major you know deciding factor is. If Danny loses, it's already determined. The playoff teams that are in right now are in, no question at all. Because you guys all have a one-game lead minimum on him. So he has to win to even force any sort of scenario. If he wins, then it makes things very interesting, as you just really mentioned. I guess the people that don't have to worry is Spaceballs, me, Tyler, Ryan, and Little Slads. We're heading to Cancun. Spaceballs or <laughs> Stirk Daddy's just watching from the box seats. <laughs> oh, Big Ben just got crunched. The Steelers look like this garbage. Is a blowout. Damn, I should have took the Vikings spread. Or Jim, are you are you doing um oh my god. Are you doing just uh Joe's yeah, you're in Joe's poll, right? Yeah, I picked the Packers this week. I uh I picked the over in this game. I could not. I was gonna do that game, but I, I don't like double digit spreads. I don't either. But I'm I'm very overconfident right now, just because it's the Packers versus the Bears. After hearing all about Big Cat's um thing with Packers and Bears and how Aaron Rodgers eats his heart out, and it, it was too good to pass up. Well, that's all we got for this episode of the For the Throne Dynasty podcast. We hope that this weekend is full of drama and has a very interesting ending to the season. But Danny could fuck that up, and I think you'd be okay with that. I think I would. So we'll see you next time.